What's up everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Da Vinci Cases. Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. Alright, so for this case, we have a 37-year-old man, so a younger guy with a past medical history, only notable for recurrent kidney stones, presenting to clinic with Persistent epigastric pain triggered by eating despite taking pantoprazole for the past two months. So this is a younger guy. His medical history is really only notable for recurrent kidney stones. Keep that in mind in the back of our head as we go through the case. Epigastric pain, especially triggered by eating, you definitely want to think uh, your kind of your knee jerk is peptic ulcer disease, so either gastric or duodenal ulcers. The other thing you could be thinking about with that is, is pancreatitis or pancreas issues. Sometimes gallbladder disease can present with epigastric, but typically that's more right upper quadrant pain, but you always want to keep it in consideration as well. The other thing is that it it's triggered by eating, and then he's tried pantoprazole, which is a proton pump inhibitor or a PPI, and it hasn't worked. He's been, he's been using it for two months now, uh, which is kind of a typical trial period, and it it's not working. He's still having significant pain. So he's also experienced frequent episodes of oily, foul-smelling stool. So this is what's called steatorrhea, and this is what is typically a sign of malabsorption, specifically malabsorption of fatty acids and lipids. So remember, the way you digest those is typically in the duodenum. You have pancreatic lipase, which comes from the pancreas and breaks down fatty acids to be uh, reabsorbed. So he's obviously not, he's not absorbing fats in the bowel as efficiently or effectively as he should be and so instead of absorbing them he is pooping them out and so that's what that's where what you get here see so that you immediately want to think of that as well so his vitals in the clinic are temperature is 37 degrees celsius so he's afebrile his heart rate is 86 which is pretty much normal blood pressure is 120 over 81 respiration 21 and o2 sat 98 percent on room air so his vitals are completely normal that's not too surprising you know he's not unstable he's being seen in the outpatient setting he doesn't have a fever a ct scan of the abdomen and pelvis reveals a pancreatic mass so the question is asking which of the following are most likely to be elevated on his labs. And so it gives you a number of different hormones here. So insulin, glucagon, somatostatin, gastrin, or secretin. Let's summarize the key findings here. So this is a young man with a history of recurrent kidney stones presenting with persistent epigastric pain when eating that is refractory to proton pump inhibitor therapy. This is placing the patient at risk for gastric ulcers. He's also experiencing frequent episodes of steatorrhea, suggesting malabsorption. Like I said, vital signs are within normal limits. A CT scan reveals a pancreatic mass. And keep in mind, this is a young guy. He's 37. He doesn't have any other history of having pancreatic disease or pancreatic issues or anything like that. The fact that gastric ulcers are refractory to PPI therapy and malabsorption suggests a gastronoma, which is specifically a tumor that's typically found in the pancreas that secretes significantly high levels of gastrin. Now, what does gastrin do? It stimulates the parietal cells in the stomach to secrete gastric acid. So if you have this over-secretion of gastric acid, that's going to place a patient at higher risk for developing 
peptic ulcers. And that's what happens with these patients is they, they're, these tumors are just secreting ridiculous amounts of gastrin. And so then as a result of that, even if they try taking a proton pump inhibitor like this patient did, it still doesn't work. They still develop peptic ulcers. The other thing is the fact that he has a gastrinoma, you pair that with recurrent kidney stones in a patient less than 40. This is where you kind of perk up, especially on the USMLE, because the USMLE loves to ask about these syndromes, which is multiple endocrine neoplasia, or MEN, M-E-N, type 1 syndrome. There's also type 2. We're mainly going to focus on type 1 in this video. So what this question is getting at is which of the following is most likely to be elevated in a patient with gastrinoma? So the answer is gastrin, as I have mentioned. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break from the case right now to let you know that DaVinci Cases is brought to you by DaVinci Academy, which provides online video courses for the medical basic sciences. These courses are taught using a variety of teaching methods, including bullet point outlines, diagrams, radiology images, and chalk talks to explain the fundamental concepts. We then teach the application of those concepts to numerous clinical pearls that are frequently tested on medical school exams and the USMLE. Our video courses are available on our website, dviacademy.com, as monthly subscriptions starting at $9.99 per month. Each video course has a corresponding outline format textbook as well. You can find the link to our website in the description below. Also be sure to use the discount code DC20 to receive 20% off any of our video courses. Now back to the case. All right, so let's take a minute here and go through what multiple endocrine neoplasia or MEN type one syndrome is. So it's an inherited genetic mutation or the, M the MEN1 gene. It's on chromosome 11 and it is a tumor suppressor gene. It makes sense that it's a tumor suppressor gene because it results in multiple neoplasia involving the following endocrine organs, hence the name multiple endocrine neoplasia. And the three, the three you want to remember is the three Ps for type 1. So parathyroid gland, the pancreas, and the pituitary. And so going through each of these, so first the parathyroid gland. If you have a tumor in the parathyroid gland, you're going to have obviously increased parathyroid hormone. What does parathyroid hormone do? It stimulates bone breakdown, so you get increased calcium that way. It also increases calcium absorption in the bowel and reabsorption in the nephron and the kidney. So as a result of that, a lot of patients just have kind of hypercalcemia or asymptomatic hypercalcemia. Depending on how bad it is, it can get symptomatic, or they can develop nephrolithiasis or kidney stones. They can get recurrent kidney stones uh, as a result of that. So this is one where a patient may not even realize they have this syndrome because either they're getting, they have asymptomatic hypercalcemia or they're getting a lot of kidney stones, but they're not really sure why. Now, when you throw in the pancreas here, so there's three types of tumors that these patients can get in the pancreas. So there's gastrinoma, insulinoma, and glucagonoma. So insulinoma occurs in the beta cells because remember that's where insulin is made in the pancreas. And then the glucagonoma occurs in the alpha cells. And then the gastrinoma doesn't occur in either one of these. So this just happens in the pancreatic parenchyma. So a gastrinoma obviously secretes high levels of gastrin. That puts patients at risk for peptic ulcers, abdominal pain, and then obviously they can get vomiting and things like that. And then the, usually these peptic ulcers are refractory to proton pump and therapy. The other thing is that Patients with gastronomas can get steatorrhea or malabsorption of fats because what happens is, is increased levels of gastrin 
result in high levels of gastric acid, which then spill into the duodenum. And the thought is, is that that high levels of gastric acid actually inactivates pancreatic lipase. Remember, it's a bunch of acid. It's going, uh, pancreatic lipase is an enzyme. It's a protein. So it gets inactivated by all that acid. And then so it doesn't work. It doesn't help with reabsorbing the fatty acids. And so then they go right through uh, and come out in the stool. And so that's how you get that. Another thing to keep in mind is that a gastronoma, the other name for that is Zollinger-Ellison syndrome, which is named after the two physicians that discovered this uh, disorder in these tumors. It, what's important to keep in mind is that a large percentage of patients with Zollinger-Ellison syndrome or a gastronoma also have men. It's a significant percentage. And so when you see a patient presenting with what looks like a gastronoma, like this patient, definitely keep your suspicion high for that they may have other endocrine neoplasias and as a part of the men's syndrome. So for an insulinoma, you have obviously high levels of insulin that results in hypoglycemia. You can get as a result of that significant hypoglycemia where patients can get, you know, headaches, they can have seizures even, they can go into a coma. So an insulinoma can be pretty serious. Glucagonoma is the exact opposite, secretes a high levels of glucagon, which stimulate gluconeogenesis or de novo glucose synthesis. So you're going to have hyperglycemia. Then the last one here, the pituitary gland. So there's really two tumors. You can have an adenoma that secretes high levels of growth hormone. Then you can also have prolactinomas, which secrete high levels of prolactin, which in females will stimulate galactorrhea or their milk production from the breasts or gynecomastia in males because prolactin goes and stimulates that glandular tissue in the breast. So if you have an adenoma in the pituitary that's secreting a high level of growth hormone, that's going to stimulate abnormal growth in children. So you can have gigantism or acromegalia in adults. So coming back to the question here, if we go through some of the answer choices here. So the first one, insulin. So this patient clearly has men's syndrome. They have two of the three. They have recurrent kidney stones due to hyperparathyroidism. They also have a gastronoma, but they don't have an insulinoma because remember, an insulinoma is going to present with symptomatic hypoglycemia. So that includes headache, lethargy, vision changes, seizures in severe cases. On the labs, they're going to have decreased blood glucose, increased insulin. And this is important because the boards likes to ask about this a lot is increased C-peptide. So C-peptide is if you have insulin together, so you have insulin like this during the synthesis process, it's during that process, it's bound to this uh, C-peptide. And in the process, these get cleaved and you get free C-peptide. And then you get insulin like that. And so what's important, the way the boards will ask is, is that if someone, sometimes people will give themselves exogenous insulin, meaning they inject it themselves. Often they make it a healthcare worker or a pharmacist or a doctor or a nurse, someone who would have access to insulin. And so what they'll do is inject those and then they're hypoglycemic, but then it's not insulin that's made in the body. Their C-peptide level is actually going to be normal uh, versus in these patients, it's going to be high because this is increased levels of insulin production within the body. So that's an important kind of pearl to keep in mind uh, on your exam. So glucagonoma is, like I said, going to present with the opposite hyperglycemia, potentially even diabetes if it goes on long enough. And then there's necrolytic migratory erythema, which is this rash that patients get on the extremities that uh, is kind of distinct for glucagonoma. So you want to keep that in mind. Somatostatinoma is a tumor, just like uh, it sounds, is, is a tumor in the delta cells that of the pancreas that produce high levels of somatostatin. Somatostatin does a lot of things. It inhibits insulin release, so you're going to get diabetes. 
You can get steatorrhea and gallstones because it inhibits cholecystokinin release, which is a hormone that stimulates bile release from the gallbladder. And then uh, hypochloridea because of decreased gastrin, because of decreased HCL or hydrochloric acid release. Gastrin, obviously gastronoma, which is Zollinger-Ellison syndrome, which is what this patient has. They're present with gastric ulcers, refractory to PPI therapy, steatorrhea, abdominal pain, nausea and vomiting, and vomiting blood even in some cases. Secretin is a hormone. It's a peptide hormone secreted by S cells in the duodenum in response to stomach acid and fatty acids in the duodenum. And secretin does a number of things. It inhibits uh, hydrochloric acid or acid release from the parietal cells in the stomach. It also stimulates pancreatic bicarbonate uh, secretion and bile secretion as well. So it really facilitates neutralizing that stomach acid and then also fatty acid reabsorption in the bowel. So summarize, this is a, pa- is a young patient with multiple endocrine neoplasia, type 1 syndrome or men, t- men 1 syndrome, who has a history of hyperparathyroidism due to a parathyroid tumor that's secreting high levels of parathyroid hormone, and then also has developed, in this case, a gastronoma, Zollinger-Ellison syndrome, from a mass in the pancreas. All right, that's all I have for you this time. Be sure to check out all the Da Vinci Cases videos available on our YouTube channel and our website, dviacademy.com. The PDF notes for every Da Vinci Cases is also available on our website. Also be sure to check out our podcast, The Da Vinci Hour, where we interview attendings and residents across medicine to learn more about their experiences, their specialties, and to get their insights on navigating a career in medicine. You can find the Da Vinci Hour podcast on our website or any platform where podcasts are found. Lastly, you can find all of our video courses and corresponding outline format books on our website. Don't forget to use the discount code DC20 for 20% off.